You're listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Amen, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. and give Him more than that today. Thank you, guys. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Well, we're going to talk about um, one of the Old Testament prophets today. And uh, many of you would have heard this story, maybe if you was in kids' church or at school sometime years ago, um, or maybe from your parents. We're going to talk about Jonah. How many of know the story of Jonah? Come on, this is not like a little kid's thing, but how many been through church life and heard the ser- on sermon on Jonah? Put your hand up. Let me see you. How many are familiar with the, bu- with the book of Jonah? Knows the story? Put your hand up. Because I don't assume that everybody knows this person called Jonah today. Um, you might be thinking, you know, sometimes in church life, we say things that we think everybody knows about. And uh, the thing is, when you've got different people coming to church, some people today and online may have never even heard about the story of Jonah. You may, maybe just some uh, fairy stories about it, but not the truth. That actually, it's in the Bible and it's a person that something actually happened to him and he was the, uh, on an assignment for God and we can see what happened in his life and, and we can see something in this story that's going to apply to our lives uh, today and also in the future. So the title of my message this morning is Don't Run From God, Run For God. Come on, say that with me. Don't run from God, run for God. And so I want to encourage you today because God's going to speak to you by His Word and through the Holy Spirit into your lives. And I want you to be serious about God speaking into your life today. So Jonah was an Old Testament prophet. He was a Hebrew and um, his name means dove. He was a servant of the Lord and he came from Gath, which was close to the border of Judah. And Judah lived when Jeroboam II of the northern kingdom was king. And Jonah prophesied to that time, to that king and to the people of God, that their boundaries would extend under his ministry, under Jeroboam's rulership, and it came to pass. So Jonah was actually operating, just before we get into this story, he was a prophet to one of the kings, in the, in the, um, to the people of God, and we know that his ministry was effective. And so he's the only Old Testament prophet that ran from God. And he is one of the four Old Testament prophets who Jesus refers to in the New Testament. The other three is Elisha, Elijah, and Isaiah. So there's just a little, a few facts for you. If you want to know where Jonah is in the Bible, he's between Obadiah and Micah. And some of you are saying, that's not helped me, so let me help you. So if you go to Genesis and you count 31 books from Genesis, you'll hit Jonah. If that doesn't work for you, go to the front page in your Bible, look at the index, and there is a number of where you can find the book of Jonah. I want you to read the book of Jonah this week. 
In fact, I want you to be really serious about reading your Bible because it's not fiction, it's facts. And there we can learn so much stuff about Jonah. I heard a joke and I don't know if I've got it right, but there was a little girl in, in school and they were talking about um, aquariums and this little girl talked about, oh, talked about Jonah and about the, the big whale and the teacher didn't believe in God whatsoever. And he said to her, I'm not sure about this story in the Bible. I'm not sure it's true. I'm not sure there was a big fish or a whale. Don't even know that Jonah exists. And she says, well, she said, I, I truly believe that it's true and that he was alive and, and that a big fish did swallow him up. And, and so um, she said to him, well, I'll ask Jonah when I get to heaven anyway. And the teacher says, well, what if he's not in heaven? And she says, well, you can ask him then. <laughs> Jonah is in heaven. Despite what you say today, Jonah is in heaven. And there was a time in Jonah's life when he enjoyed serving God. In the time when he prophesied to the nation of Israel, there was in a time of prosperity. And his prophetic word came true and they expanded. It was exciting to be serving God in his day. But somehow, something happened in his life where God was going to give him a new assignment and he didn't like that assignment. And for so many Christians throughout life, you may be remembering a time when you were serving God so wholeheartedly and, and, and now you're not longer doing what you used to. It's not because that your health has changed which stops the limitations of being mobile. It's not for the sake of circumstances because your heart is still passionate. It's actually because something has happened in your walk with God and, you, and the things that you used to do for Him is now stopped and you no longer flowing in the assignment or the purpose that God called you to and you're no longer doing what God has asked you to do in your life. It's the same with Jonah in this passage. Somehow it says the word of the Lord. If we look at the text, we're going to just start one passage to read from and I'll talk to you about the story. Jonah 1, 3, verse 1 to 3 says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Can you believe that? And you know, yes, I can believe that. Why? Because there is people in this room and there's people online where God has spoken to you through His Word and instead of you obeying it, you've ran from God's Word. In fact, there are some of you sitting in this room right now on the run from God. Come on, say amen. I'm going to be quite forthright with you. Why? Because I want you to change direction of your life. I don't want you running from God. I want you running for God. And some of you are sat here and online and you know that God has spoken to you about some stuff. It may not be about going to another country, but it may be simple as some little things that God spoke to you about in your life according to His Word and you said, I'm not doing it, God. It's too inconvenient. I'm not going to stop the things that you've asked me to stop. I'm not going to start the things you've asked me to start. I am not doing it. I'm singing the songs. I'm in church. But on the inside of me, in one part of my life, 
I am running from you and I'm not willing to obey you. And you know what? Life is still okay and things seem to be happening good for you and you think that God has not really bothered whether you obey him or not because you're insignificant and you, you know you, you, your gift is not that amazing anyway and God doesn't really bother about me obeying him and God will just leave me alone to get on with my life now that I've given my life to him and told him that I'm going to serve him and, and love him and I'll just be on the, the, the backside of his purpose and, um, and God will just, just shut his eyes to my life and leave me alone. See, Jonah thought that. He thought he could just go and buy a ticket, pay a price for a boat trip and run away from God. But he didn't understand the love of God or the character of God, that God loved him too much to leave him alone. And no matter who you are in this church today, no matter who you are online today, if you're running away from God, God is after you. Not to kill you, but to restore you and to recommission your life. And the word of the Lord is coming to you today, to your house, to your heart, to your mind. And you have a choice to respond. You can leave today either running from God and keep running, or you can turn your life and begin to run for God. And that's what God's plan is for your life today. Some of you are on the run. Hopefully not from the police. But some of you are on the run from God and God is saying, stop, turn round and begin to run again for me in my life. Jonah did not want to do it. He didn't like the mission. He didn't like the ask to go preach to the people he hated. And now in one sense, when I look at the story, the Assyrians were really wicked people. And he was like asking, how can you ask me to go and preach to those people? How can you even bother to give them any kind of opportunity to turn from their sin? How can you do that, God? You know how wicked they are. You know how they treated our people. You know how they sacrificed our children. You know how they were reckless and cut our heads off and put them in on their city gates to, to parade their victory over all my people. And you want me to go and preach to them? I'm not doing it, God. I'm not doing it. I'm off. You see, the problem is in church life, people think to follow God's will, you've got to like it. People think that when you follow God's will, it's all convenience for you and all blessing for you. And it's all about you. But to follow God, there are times in your life where you won't like God wants what he wants you to do. And you want to run away. And you won't want to commit. And you won't want to do what you need to do because it doesn't feel like it. And it doesn't suit your theology. It doesn't suit your season. And so you say, I'm not doing it. And God says, I'm not really bothered what you think. I've called you to go on and do it. And I want you to obey me, to fulfill my, fulfill my will in your life. And Jonah says, Lord, I'm off. And so he tries to get away from the Lord. He tries to get away from God. If you think, dear God, if you think, people, that you can get away from God, you're deceived. There's no way you can run from Him. You think God is not interested in your running? He is. And I'm telling you, 
He will be after you. Because if he is your child, if you're his child, he's not going to let you wander and wander and wander. He'll let you go for a season. But I'm telling you, he will chase you down. He will come after you. Like any parent would go after their kids if they ran off. They'd be after them like a shot. Jonah didn't want to do it. So what's the book of Jonah about? It's about how about the will of God and how we respond to it. And it's about the love of God and how we share it with others. See, God allowed this story in this particular man's life to show the nation of Israel that they've lost concern about nations. That they're only concerned with their own comfort. And they only wanted to serve God when it was convenient for them, when they liked it. And so God was saying, look, that's what you've become. There was a time in your life when you're willing to go for it for me, when you're willing to serve me and, and, and sacrifice and pay the price. But now, because it's a bit inconvenient or things have gone a bit wrong in your life, now you, you just don't want to be all in anymore. You want to be half-hearted. You want to say, well, I'm not really that bothered now. I'm not going to, that was then, but now things have changed. And, I, and because, you know what, I actually don't like what God's asking me to do. So I'm just going to chill out and be on the run. But do you know something, my dear friends? Just like Jonah, he thought it was a take it or leave it option. You know, obedience to God is not a take it or leave it option. It's not, oh, well, I think, shall I obey God or not? No, there's no take it or leave it. Disobedience is a problem to God. Disobedience is not an option. Jesus said in Luke 4, 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you say that you're a follower of me and you love me, but you won't do what I'm asking you to do? It's not compatible with following Jesus. Obedience is the only option as a follower of Christ. Now, of course you can disobey but there are consequences to disobedience. And as I look through the book of Jonah, I, I do believe that when we walk in disobedience to God and we say we're not going to do His will, if you're really born again, I don't believe that you will lose your salvation. But I do believe that you will lose purpose of your assignment. And there are some signs to losing your assignment purpose. As you look through Jonah, you can see that there was a problem and there was consequences to his disobedience. Do you know, my church, that disobedience is harder than obedience? You're thinking right now to obey God in this area of my life, it's harder than just living how I want to live. No, it's not because the consequences of disobedience is a problem to us and we don't see it now, but you will reap it. See, to obey God would have meant Jonah going 500 miles towards God, but going to disobey God meant going 2,500 miles away from God. I want to tell you it's harder in the long run to disobey than to obey, even though you don't like what God is asking you to do. So what's a few things that we will lose? Because you might be identifying today. Have a little spiritual checkup in your life. 
Am I losing these things because somehow I'm losing my purpose? So how things have changed around. Some I'm not as on fire as I used to be, as I were before. The first thing that Jonah began to lose was the voice of God. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah and after he ran away from God, God's word stopped. But God's works followed. You see, when God speaks to you and you don't listen and you begin to walk in disobedience, God stops speaking to you through his word for a season and he sends his works. He sent him a storm to get his attention. See, the problem I've got with the Bible is that we tick the boxes that if you obey God, you don't get any storms. And if you disobey God, you'll only get storms. But the problem is in following Jesus, even when you obey, you go through a storm. But the difference is that when you obey God and go through a storm, Jesus calms them. But when you are disobedient and you go through the storm, the storm gets worse until you listen to God. Because God loves you enough to allow a storm to get your attention because his word can't. So I want to tell you who you are if you belong to Jesus today and you're in a storm, it's either for being obedient or disobedient. And one of them you'll find peace in and the other it'll get worse because this storm was going to wreck this boat. It was going to wreck his plans. He's paid the ticket for the cruise and the weather's changed. Ha, poor Jonah. He thought he was going to get an amazing temperature of sun. There he bought his 50 factor and he jumps on the boat and God sends him a storm so violent that the ship is going to break up, loses the voice of God and begins to experience the works of God. Here's the interesting thing. When you look through the story, everything in nature obeyed God apart from the prophet. The wind obeyed him, the big fish obeyed him. Everything in nature obeyed God except the prophet. See, God is looking for obedient people. And feelings have got nothing to do with obedience. Outcomes has got nothing to do with obedience. Blessing has got nothing to do with your response to obedience. God looks for obedience. And I've experienced that when you take a step of obedience, blessing does come to your life, but it's not always guaranteed instantly. There's times when God asks you to do something that you struggle to say yes to it, but you know in your heart that God wants you to do it. And you've got to do it. But if you don't, you lose some things. You lose the voice of the Lord through his word. The word of God is no longer speaking to you as it used to because all of a sudden now you're experiencing the works of God, frustration, circumstances, winds, disturbance, problems are coming because God is trying to get you attention to get you stop running away from him and begin to run for him. Second thing is what happens is that you begin to lose the willingness to use your gifts to serve other people. He's on, on a boat where this boat is wrecked with heathen sailors and they come to him and saying, how can you sleep when we're in a mess and we're going to die? He should have used his gift, his word, his prophetic gift 
to bring hope to the sailors, to bring the word of the Lord in that situation. But he went down on deck and slept. And you can tell when you are running away from God is that you no longer use your gifts to serve other people. What has God gifted your life with? What was your assignment? And now it's now shipwrecked. Because on the truth of it, you're actually running from God's assignment. And Jonah was running and he was losing his influence with his prophetic voice to bring hope and healing. Instead of saying like he did a few months or I don't know when it was, extend your borders, God is going to bless you. He couldn't care less if the, if the ship broke up and everybody died. Isn't it interesting what you lose when you begin to run from God? Something happens in you. His third thing he lost was the source of his power. Listen, please, when you read the story, you've got to read four chapters because it's amazing. Because as heathen sailors begin to have a prayer meeting. And where was Jonah? Sleeping. He slept through a prayer meeting. He lost his spiritual power. They're crying out to their gods. And Jonah couldn't care less and fell asleep in the prayer meeting. You can tell when you're running from God is when your spiritual disciplines are no longer active in your life. Some of you were praying, now you stopped. Some of you had your devotions, now it stopped. Some of you were serving, now it stopped. Some of you were giving and tithing, now it stopped. You're asleep in those areas of your life. Why? Because the truth is that you are running from God and disobedience is now a part of your journey with Him. Source of power loses in your life. Those things that was alive in your life are now sleeping and God wants to wake them up again in your life today. God wants to resurrect your devotion, your commitment, your giving, your serving, your passion. God wants you to flow in your assignment. The fourth thing that he was beginning to lose was his testimony. He became a curse instead of a blessing. It says in verse seven, then the soldiers said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and it fell on Jonah. Jonah should have been the answer for the problem. But Jonah was the problem. And some Christians, supposed to be the answer. But the reason why you're going through what you're going through, because you are the problem. They said, Jonah, why? You're the problem. Why did you mess up our journey? If you'd have only stayed at home and obeyed God, we could have had an amazing trip. But you are the problem. And he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. What a great testimony. And some of you are going to go home today and people say, where have you been? I've been to church praising Jesus. And you know you're walking in disobedience. And they know that you are. And your testimony is like being walked on because you're a hypocrite. Because you can sing the songs and you can attend the church, but you don't want to obey. 
and you'll camouflage it and you'll make excuses about it and you'll justify it. But the truth is, deep down in your heart, you know it's disobedience. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? It says, because they knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. You know, when you know that you are running away from God when something's happening in your life, when non-Christians are more committed than you, they had a prayer meeting, he was asleep. They was wanting to find out what the problem was, he couldn't care less. Have you ever had anybody say to you, I thought you was a Christian? You know why? Because they're confused. Because six months ago, you had standards. Six months ago, you stopped gossiping. Six months ago, you stopped lying. Six months ago, you did the right thing and now it's all changed. And they're going, what's the problem? I thought you was. And you lose your testimony. Because why? Because you're running away from God. And they said, what are you doing, Jonah? What are you doing? And the fifth thing that he could lose as we nearly finished this morning, he was gonna lose his assignment. How do I know that? Because they said, throw him overboard. It was so cheesed off with what God wanted him to do. He just said, just kill me and get rid of me. Here's the interesting thing. As soon as the heathen soldiers threw Jonah off that ship, the storm stopped. As soon as the heathen sailors got rid of Jonah, because they got rid of the problem, and the problem was a disobedient Christian, the storm ceased. You see, some Christians, they walk with people or walk in disobedience and they catch the wind of the storm. And you're, you're walking with Jesus. But because the company that you're keeping, you're re reaping what they, they're getting and you're in the crowd. As soon as you get rid of that person, let me tell you, things will get easier for you. Because disobedience brings problems. No matter how long it takes in their life, but as soon as they got rid of him, the storm stopped. And sixthly and finally, Jonah began to lose the concerns of God for his own concerns. He said to him in chapter four, I pray to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take my life, for it is better for me to die and to live. The reason why Jonah ran is because he didn't agree with God. He didn't have the concerns of God anymore. He wanted God to kill that city, not save it. 
And Jonah knew that if I go to that city, God's grace and compassion is going to hit that city and they're all going to repent. And I don't want to be a part of that. Oh my goodness. If ever we lose the concern of the heart of God for our comfort, we're in trouble. And then it says this in chapter 4, verse 9. But God said to Jonah, after God, after he preached reluctantly, didn't get excited about his word, 40 days and repent and God will sort it out. He said, oh, I'm not preaching. I don't feel about preaching this message. I just preached the Lord go to hell. That was what it was in his heart. And in spite of Jonah's feelings, he obeyed God. And God saved a city. The city turned round and began to be worshippers of God. But Jonah wasn't happy with the results. And God said to him, after you've preached, I'm going to grow a palm tree to keep the heat off you because I know you're a little bit warm now, Jonah, because it's 90 degrees and you've preached a long time now. So I'm going to give you a bit of comfort. And he put a palm tree in and he grew it overnight and it gave him shade. And Jonah was so angry with God that God then created a worm to eat the tree. And Jonah was so angry and God said, Jonah, you're more concerned about your comfort than the city. And you've got no right to be angry. It's just some of you are running from God because you're angry with God. Because things didn't turn out how you thought they should turn out. And God didn't do what you thought he should do for you. And deep in your heart, you're actually angry with God. And God would say to you, you have no right to be angry with me because I'm God and you're not. He says, you've been concerned about the plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I have not been concerned for this great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. Jonah was not concerned about the things that God was concerned about. You see, you know when you're not in a good place walking with Jesus, when the things of God no longer concern you. Let me ask you, last week, was there any time in your week that you paused to be concerned about the things that God's concerned about? Do you ever, do you ever carry a concern in your heart about what God thinks about his church, about the nation, about his will? Are you so consumed with everything that you're concerned about, the plants, and the things that sometimes we've got to live with. But the most important thing is in our lives that we've got to have the concern of God. We've got to have a concern that Northampton, the majority of Northampton don't know Jesus. And he needs his church to obey him. He needs his church to say, whatever it is, God, I will say yes. See, this story, my dear friends, this morning as you come to a close, this story isn't about a disobedient prophet. It's not about a great fish or a great storm or a great city. It's actually about a great God. Because this is what Jonah was losing in his life because he was on the run. But here's the thing about this great story and about this great God. 
that even though Jonah was running from God, God was not running from Jonah. Can you believe that? Even though you're running from God today, if you are, even though you're off, you're off doing your own thing and you're walking in disobedience, you know God is not running from you. This is what this story shows me. I couldn't believe it. I said, God, couldn't you have just said, on your bike, Joan, I'll get someone else? Couldn't you say to Joan, well, keep on running. There's a million people that will serve me. But no, Lord, you showed in this story that even though Jonah was running from you and was angry in his heart with you, that you actually wasn't angry really with Jonah, that you was after him, that you was running after Jonah, wanting to get him back on purpose. See, when we let God down, when we are doing the things that we shouldn't do, and things begin to, we lose them out of our life. There's one thing that will, will never be lost and it's called the grace and mercy of God. And all those things was leaving Jonah except one thing. The grace of God was after him. And Jonah, if it takes a storm, I'm gonna sort you out. And I know that, that you left your mobile phone when you went to Tarshish. I know you didn't want me to contact you or anybody else to contact you. So, so you thought you could get off Facebook and you, you came off WhatsApp and you came off TikTok and all the other talks. But Jonah, I want you to know that I'm more smarter than your smartphone. And if I have to send you a storm to get your attention, I will send you whatever it takes to get you back where you need to be because I love you tremendously. In spite of your unfaithfulness, I am still faithful. In spite of your disobedience, I am always wanting to get you back on track to follow me. I'm not going to give hope on you. I'm not going to allow those gifts to die and fall asleep in you forever. I'm going to wake you up and I will do whatever it takes to get your attention so you can turn around and I can release you back where you need to be in God. God is an awesome God. This story sounds doom and gloom, but the end is an amazing end because God is still faithful. And He started this work in you. We'll finish it to completion. And no matter far you run from Him, He will always be there waiting for you. He will always there getting you to turn around and to come back and no matter how long it takes. I wanna tell you in this room, if you belong to Jesus and you're running from God in any of those areas, I don't care how long it takes, that God will get you back. It, you may have a rough ride. You may have to taste some seaweed. You may have to get captured by circumstances to trap you in. And so he thought, I know what I'll do. I, I, I know I can, I can outwit God here. The, the best thing in the world is for me to get drowned. And then I can die and then God can't use me then. So he jumps overboard and I guess what happened? God sent him a first class submarine, swallowed him up and have a guess which way the submarine was going. Come on. Some of you in your life right now feel like you've got seaweed around your life and you're in darkness, but God's direction is actually taking you back to where you need to be. And it may be messy, it may be smelly, but God is doing something because He loves you too much because He needs to get you back on track. Amen. And as He was in this whale, 
Jonah begin to, oh, big fish, can't prove it's a whale. As he was thinking about it, God got his attention and Jonah began to pray again. Hallelujah. It's amazing how God can cause life to come in the areas of sleep. And it may feel uncomfortable and it may feel uneasy, but God wants to resurrect things in our lives again. Jonah began to pray again, call out to God and repent of running from God. Says, God, you're amazing. Lord God, help me. And then the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. See, what was restored was the word of God again. God started to speak again by His word. So the word of the Lord spoke to him a second time and this fish spat him out. And where did he land? Nineveh. However did I get here, God? That was a rough ride. God says, come on. Get back on assignment. Get back. Stop running from me. For the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you and to give you hope and a future. You're not on your own if you've been running from God. I wanted to get your attention today. I wanted to wake you up, make you feel uncomfortable if you're running. Why? What was the intention of that kind of preach? So God can spin you around and set you in the right direction because of his love for you. I want to tell you today, and if you didn't know it, you're going to know it now. When you follow Jesus, there's things that you don't want to do. There's things that you're not going to like what he asks you to do. You know, I think it was one of the prophets in the Old Testament. I think it was Ezekiel. God asked him to lay on his side for 390 days and then on the other side for 40 days. Wasn't it really good, was it? What, God, you want me to lay on my side for nearly over a year and then turn over for 40 days on the other side? That's an incredible ask. I don't really want to do that, but I'm going to be obedient. Jeremiah, when you tell these people this, they're not going to listen to you. They won't even listen to a word you're saying, but just preach to them. Lord, do I really want to do that when these people are not even going to listen to me? Yes, Jonah, uh, Jeremiah, just be obedient. Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute because I want to send a signal to my people that even though they forsake me, even though they commit adult, adultery and idolatry. I want you to marry a prostitute to show them that I'm willing to take them back and forgive them. We always think when God asks us to do something, it's always going to be rosy. Jesus said to Peter, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death to Peter which would glorify God. You see, church, obedience is not about your blessing. Obedience is about glorifying God. When the Apostle Paul had encountered Jesus, he 
he said to Ananias, I want you to go to Paul and pray for him. He said, I don't really want to go there. He's killing everybody. No, no, go, go and pray for him and tell him this, that I'm going to use him to be an amazing vessel to all the nations, but tell him this, I am going to show him how much he will suffer for me. Not doing that, God. Didn't think suffering was in the package. And then Jesus, Father, if it is willing, will you allow this cup to pass from me? Jesus didn't want to in his humanity. He sweat drops of blood. Father, do you really want me to go to the cross? And his father said, Jesus, there's no other way. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else can pay the price that you're going to pay. Nobody else can take the sin in the world. No one else is perfect but you. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done and Jesus when he had received the drink Jesus said it is finished he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit stand with me If you're in this room or online today and you know that in your heart and your life some areas have fallen asleep in you your assignment is not what it used to be your enthusiasm to do what God's called you to do and asked you to do you're on the run if you're in this room and you're angry with God for something that's happened in the past or the present you're just not in agreement with how he does things or when he does it Some of you may be in this room and said, I'm not doing what God's asked me to do. Not doing that. Not giving up that. Not, not, not going to do it. Can I encourage you to change your mind today? Because it takes a change of mind. Can I ask you to stop running from God and begin to run for God? all over this room and online. If you know in your heart, somewhere in your life that you know that you are running from the Lord, I want you to be honest with yourself and I want you to get back on track. And the only way you can do that is you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for running away from what you've asked me to do in my life. I'm sorry, Lord, for living in known disobedience today and I'm going to put it right. It might not be done overnight, but I've decided in my heart, I'm going to put it right. I'm going to run for you. Lord, I know there's some things that's going to sleep in my life, things I've stopped doing, that I'm losing my spiritual power and authority, my assignment. Lord, I ask you to forgive me.
And if you're in this room or online and somehow in your heart there is an anger because of how things have turned out in your life or what you've been through and somehow you're really not happy with God, you need to ask God to forgive you. And as Jonah began to call upon the Lord and from his heart, say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry for running. God released him to a new start. Father, I pray for every person in this room. Pray for every person online today that we will make a decision to say yes to you, whatever it is. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today.